Hey there, welcome to Authentically Raw. I'm your host, Jamie Barris. Hello, Miss Amy Jordan. Um, I'm really excited today. We have on the podcast, the Authentically Raw podcast, Miss Amy Jordan. Amy is an award-winning author, speaker, coach, and choreographer. She's also the subject of an internationally acclaimed documentary called Amy's Victory Dance, which was also directed by Michael Jackson's choreographer. That's amazing. And Amy's book, Dance Because You Can, is fabulous. So Amy, I'm going to open it up to you right off the bat. (laughs) And you're so many things. And in this book, you have so many stories. I wouldn't even know what to touch on um, as I was trying to prepare. So I'm going to let you go ahead and take the reins and tell us, tell us your story. What is Amy's victory dance all about? Maybe we'll start there. Do you girl, do you. (laughs) Thank you, first of all, for having me, the lovely Jamie on your wonderful podcast. It's great to be here. So I wrote Dance Because You Can, Five Steps to Transform Trauma into Triumph in response to a 2009 accident I had in New York City where uh, I was a dancer, Dance Because You Can, hence the title, and the movie, Amy's Victory Dance. And in 2009, I was crossing the street, New York City, you know, as we all walk everywhere in New York. And one minute I was in the crosswalk, and the next minute I was flat on the pavement. And it would not be long before I found out that I had been hit and was under the tire of a 15-ton New York City Express bus. Don't try this at home, kids. Long story short, my right leg was crushed and nearly amputated, rebuilt, and as the story goes, <laughs> I vowed at the time of impact, if I survived the night, there would be a victory dance. Why victory dance? Well, good question. I practice SGI Buddhism, so I was chanting nam myoho renge kyo and From an SGI Buddhist perspective, everything's about creating victory. We're never a victim of circumstance. Things don't happen by accident. Some of us have to literally get rolled over to make some changes. And uh, so I went straight to that idea of creating victory uh, and victory, victory dance. I did start the Victory Dance Project, my own professional dance company in 2014 in New York. And uh, the movie is actually chronicling my actual personal Victory Dance, literal Victory Dance on the stage with the company in 2017, where we also honored Trina Rivera. That's the short version of that section (laughs) in a nutshell. There's a whole other backstory, but <laughs> there's a lot of backstories. And I actually, why don't you touch on? I think I think it's important now to touch on because, well, first off, I do remember from the book. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you thought that when you're floating in and out of consciousness mm-hmm. about yeah. the victory dance, when you're laying there with this 15 ton bus 
on your leg, not even knowing if you were going to survive or if you would have a leg or exactly exactly what was going on. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> right, that there would have to be a lot of changes. And not that they were immediate. It took years, which, you know, it's a lifetime, it's really. It's a continual <laughs> process. <laughs> it is, and it's still happening. But what other things, because it's it's not just the bus incident what other things needed major changes in your life i was 39 at the time and i also have type 1 diabetes since i was a child four years old which was not well managed because i had eating disorder because i was a dancer and that's a whole book on its own so for me, because I had been told over and over I wouldn't make it to 30, the fact that I was about, I had this really huge fear around turning 40 that I wasn't going to make it to 40. So it was kind of mystic that this happened 30 days before my 40th birthday. And at that point, you know, it took me a very long time to take responsibility for my life. I got the message that I was sick. And I had a visual impairment in my early 20s, which stopped me from driving as a result of the eating disorder and the mismanaged diabetes, bad combination. So it took me a long time to feel like I could work and take responsibility for myself. I got the message at a very enabling set of parents who wanted my life to be perfect and didn't set any boundaries and basically set me up for total failure. So if you have children, please set boundaries. <laughs> please tell them no. <laughs> they might not like it, but they will appreciate it later because I got out in the world and, you know, it was a rough go. I didn't know how to take care of myself. So mm -hmm. I had finally started to do that and earn a living and be like, wow, I'm like a competent human being, despite my diabetes, despite my visual impairment. And then the bus happened. And, you know, it was obviously a physically life changing moment, 20 surgeries, you know, almost four years, massive infection, cardiac trauma and angioplasty in the middle of all of it, which we still don't know exactly where that came from. And I had to learn everything over. I couldn't dance anymore. Everything I knew from prior to May 1st, 2009 was now done. And I had to literally start over. So there's a lot of emphasis on rebuilding your body in a situation like that, which there needs to be. I was in intensive care for two months on a burn unit, not a place you ever want to be because I had no skin on my leg. Like all the bones, all the skin, all the tissue was basically gone. So when I say literally rebuilt, like piece by piece, and I would find out way after the fact in the interviews for the film that this extraordinary team I had at New York Presbyterian Hospital, uh, burn unit, hospital for special surgery in New York, was not confident that they could save this leg. Because of my spiritual practice and my chanting, Nam Renge Kyo, I stayed consistently focused on getting back on my feet, not that point at really dancing, but it was never an option to me to not be walking. So, and because I was a dancer, because I was an athlete, because I had taught fitness for 20 years and I had some kinesthetic awareness, 
I have the discipline to do the work. It's very painful to get your knee to bend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was a long, there was not a lot of support and there's a lot of support in terms of rebuilding my body, which I still have. There was not so much in terms of, okay, now you have to start a whole new life. You know, everyone I knew just went, they'd come see me, but then they would go to dance class and go back to their, you know, up and down the subway stairs, things you would never have to think about. I can't climb stairs. I can't walk super far. I can't stand for long periods of time. So my whole trajectory had to be reconfigured and that's been a that's what the book is about the five steps and continuing now you know as we were just talking mm -hmm. moving into different phases and it's okay mm -hmm. to not want to do the things you did before anymore <laughs> it's okay right. we can do well, something else if that's not working then let it go which was a huge lesson well no and and how you say if it's not working let it go. I, I think of that and it's, it is so much easier said than done. Yes. But in, in, with reading the book, um, for you, you have type one diabetes. So you're managing yeah. that as a child. And it sounds like your parents stepped in and kind of managed it the way they thought they could. Um, yeah. Denial. Denial. And which I felt as in reading the book, it, 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 I don't know, it, it gave you a sense of denial in that yes. you were hiding it from people. Very shameful. Pretending it wasn't there, mm -hmm. which it developed, you know, into an eating disorder. Um, you know, you're eating the things you're not supposed to, but then if we, if we binge and purge, it, it cancels it right out, right? Right. <laughs> no. And then the health, you know, obviously your health suffers from that physically, but also mentally in your, yeah. your mindset. And it's, I, sometimes we don't understand how self-sabotaging it can be in so many other ways. And when you, when we're a kid, we don't think of just, we think of just, uh, you know, the physical stuff. The immediate, I'm yeah. I'm going to be fine. I'm a kid. Yeah. It, do you feel your, so your eyesight, you were 22, correct? 21, yes. Mm -hmm. And then your license was taken away. Yeah. So you had your license all of five years. You talked about in there, and I so related to when you got your license, that sense of freedom. Freedom. Oh, I so I remember. couldn't wait to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm. And five years later, that's taken from you. Like, um, you know, and I tell people today, like, driving is a luxury for sighted people to complain about the traffic they could, but, like, what would your life look like if you could not drive? And they can't even imagine. Like, like well, I don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's impacted every single decision I've had to make my entire life. Where I live, it's different now with Uber mm -hmm. and this and that, but. And it does take away so many of our freedoms, but I think about even from reading that in the book of how many freedoms were taken away from you, things that were outside of your control, the freedom to eat whatever you want as a kid, 
Yes. The freedom to blend in and, um, you know, normal, whatever that, that normal, is. <laughs> but your license taken away. And then being legally blind, it's like, okay, your eyesight's taken away. Being run over by a bus, <laughs> your mobility was taken away. There's so many things that were taken away, so many of these freedoms that it is a constant, I mean, it really is a victory to overcome that. And I think, I mean, just knowing you, I see such a powerful, beautiful soul oh. inside and out. Thank you. The dance. Oh, no, truly. And because we did get to meet in real life. <laughs> I know life. that was awesome. And there was just something about that hug because when you know someone over Zoom, you know, for so many months, and then to know the story and understand is one thing, but to really feel someone in your arms and be like, there's such a human aspect to this because right. no, I haven't been run over by a bus. I, I can't imagine. No, you can't. What you went through. I, 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 it's, it's just, unimaginable. It's unimaginable. I don't have diabetes. I have good vision. I have my license. These freedoms have not been taken away from me. And so I can empathize and I can relate on certain things of, oh, I feel like this has been taken away or this has happened or whatever. But, mm -hmm. but it's still different. And until you really... I don't know, are, are with someone and really know their story to understand and realize, okay, so here's here's where they are, here's what happened, and it's a continual process, but yeah, you can overcome a lot. And I, I love, I'm going to go right to the beginning of the book, because just the word dance equals determination, acceptance, <laughs> never give up courage and enthusiasm talk about determined i throughout these pages and just you know with your life story um especially the determination i love it that you know how many doctors came in and basically were so grim we need to amputate your leg mm -hmm. and you kept going through doctors until you finally got a doctor that's like we'll take this on We'll try it. They didn't guarantee it. No. But they were they were willing to try and take you on as a patient. Tell me about that because that takes determination. That <laughs> I'm very spiteful and I'm very A and personality. And also, you know, again, because of my everything. I say it a lot, but it's true because of my spiritual practice and because I had been practicing for so long at the point when this happened, this idea of determination is kind of rooted in us as SJ Buddhists. We have to stay determined to create victory no matter how hard it gets. So while that ideology was in me, I had no idea what I would be facing, but I also knew as a fitness trainer and a dancer, I had a strong kinesthetic awareness and my toes at that time were pink, not black. So there was no gangrene, even though like my whole leg, it was, it was not, yeah, it was not something you would want to see in person. So 
you know, the nurse had come in and said I had a pulse. I checked the pulse, you know, in your tissue to make sure there's circulation. And my toes were about the only thing that was moving. And an hour later, this resident comes in and, you know, Miss Jordan, we're good. You have diabetes. We want to amputate above the knee. And I... I said, but my toes are pink. And it was one of those situations where you don't want to discredit a medical professional because they're amazing. But I also wasn't in the right place for my life. And again, as an SGI Buddhist, like, I was like, okay, I have to get in the right, I was chanting for the right people, the right place to survive, to know what to do next. I learned to take things an hour at a time, which I still do to this day. People are like, what are you doing in three weeks? I'm like, I what am I doing like right now? Like I have Jamie at 1.30 and then I have to go outside because I've been at the computer all day. And then I have to work like, so I, I said, you know, no, I need a second opinion. You can't just, I'm a dancer. You can't just lop mm-hmm. off my leg and I was not in a trauma hospital. I was in a city hospital with a trauma one emergency, which is why they took me there. They did an amazing job in emergency. But once I got on the floor, I was not in an ICU and I got on the phone. I'm very resourceful. I learned that. I got on the phone and just started asking people who they knew. And my father actually, it's you know, it's in the book called my eye doctor who had treated my visual impairment, followed me here in New York when I came back from LA, Mm -hmm. who was the head of uh, ophthalmology at Columbia Presbyterian, who knew the head of trauma plastics. And, you know, and again, from my practice, like from chanting, it puts you in rhythm with what you need. So if you're taking action and you're chanting, like, Bam, there it was, Monday morning, 7.30. I called Dr. Spector's office, like, get me the hell out of here. I don't know you, <laughs> but I trust the guy. You know, he called me back, always the director. I'm like, I'll even get the paperwork taken care of, you know. And I said to the team at the other hospital, like, I need a second opinion. I, I can't. They just came in like like this, like, what do we do with her? You know, it was way out of their league. So I appreciated that I have the wisdom to, you know, take the action and they got me transferred and they took it on. It was really, so it was, it was one of those moments that we have to really trust our instincts. Mm-hmm. Um in any situation it doesn't discredit anyone's medical capacity but that was not where i needed to be at that moment and i knew it definitely a long answer to that question (laughs) no not at all because you know and i thought of that while reading and thinking how often we just we don't go with our own gut and we do just well this is what they said they're the expert and had you not listened to yourself you yeah they would have amputated your leg and yeah i don't know i mean i i think of 
because you go into acceptance and I think that is where it can get tricky sometimes because you here you have this decision am I going to accept the fact that there's so many things with acceptance but am I going to accept the fact that my leg is going to be amputated and this is going to be my reality um or am I going to do something different you know am I going to keep on, you know, let's go through. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going because, you know, like how we talked about the denial first too. So what, I mean, what was it really? You talk about your, your Buddhism and your chanting, like what was it in you that was just, I mean, was it just this strong voice saying, yeah, no, that's not it. That's not what I'm going to accept because at, there are things later in life that now you do have to accept. Mm -hmm. That obviously, you know, having your leg, leg amputated, that wasn't one. How do we know the difference? That is an interesting question. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of factors in that moment, you know, again, because I had been working in fitness and dancing for so long, like practically speaking, mm -hmm. I knew the signs of gangrene, which would be the optimal reason to amputate, and I didn't have them. So that was one big thing. Um, and I just, I was not uh, happy with the way the treatment course was going and the way the hospital was maneuvering. And, you know, we have to pay attention to our environment, right? That's also an idea in, in SJ Buddhism reflection in your environment. I leave me in the hallway for long periods of time and they weren't managing the diabetes correctly. I mean, I got to the burn unit and I was in ICU. Perfect example. I'm in the hospital room full of flowers and I got to burns and they were like, oh, no flowers. You have an entire leg up to your groin with no skin on it. And I thought, whoa, you know, I've been for 10 days in this room full of all this stuff swirling around. So little things like that, you know, having to pay attention. And I don't know, I just went into auto, um, auto mode. And I, I think even at that point, I, I had not process what was really going on. I, I saw a lot of drugs. <laughs> um, but I'm grateful I wasn't afraid to question it. And, yeah. and looking back on the scope of the injury, because we've since talked about the benefits of a potential prosthesis, especially now with the technology and this and that. But because there was so much damage to the skin and it's so far up my leg that it would be highly challenging to unlikely that a prosthetic would really take because of the, the complexity. You know, I only do things big. I can't mm -hmm. just have a little injury below the knee and get a new leg and go on about my life. Like I have to have skin grabbed up to my groin and this and that, diabetes. And it would be very complex, difficult situation um, that's still at times on the table, but 
I'm, I'm good for now. So, you know, I knew in my life that, again, I was able to pull from my life and be in what we call in rhythm with what I needed, the right doctors, the right hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I reading further and eventually the right lawyers, even just when you, I, I love how you, you know, you went <laughs> missing one brown. brown suit. Yeah. And then, you know, oh my God. I'm like, oh my, you're going to get you $10 million. I'm like, look, at, no, I was like, mm-hmm. huh? like I, I could be dead in an hour at the rate I'm going. Like mm-hmm. this is what? <laughs> no. Thanks for stopping by. Go, go mm-hmm. have a nice Friday night in New York. Exactly. Yourself, uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. I I have a few things highlighted. I gotta get my glasses on for this one. Um, Thank you for reading my book. Oh <laughs> yes, definitely. We're working on number two. Oh oh gosh, keep going. So I love the whole thing about courage because. Obviously, you've had to kind of dip into some courage. And I like that you put in the the formal definition of courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear. And you said, I don't think the absence of fear represents courage at all. That doesn't even make sense to me. Who doesn't feel fear? And then, of course, you know, we've all heard the whole courage is to fear. Now we have feel the fear and do it anyway. And I agree with that. I mean, no one's void of fear. Courage is doing something, even though we're full of fear. And like you said, it's being able to say, I see you fear. You can stick around if you want, but I've got things to do. And that is, you know, I kind of maybe jumped way ahead, but that's step four in the victory dance. Um, and you just, you go on to mention that being fearless and being courageous really are two different things because it's not possible to fear, feel fear, not possible to not feel fear. If I didn't say that right. Um, and I, and I jotted down in there just even my own notes because it doesn't take courage to do things that aren't scary. I mean, if it's not scary to you and you're doing something, what courage does that take? I mean, I open up the refrigerator because I'm hungry. It's not scary. So it doesn't (laughs) take courage. If I know there's something in there that's going to pop out at me. (laughs) Right. Then it takes courage to open it up. But I mean, that's the thing. Courage is understanding, okay, this is scary as hell. I'm full of whatever, but I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to move through this. And in you, and then to go on, I just, all these little highlight parts, you say fear reminds me I'm doing something that is propelling my life forward. Um, and then you say, I show up anyway. You simply keep moving forward. I have become more comfortable with allowing myself to be uncertain and to try things out that may not work. After all, that is what rehearsal is for, right? I love how you tied that in with the whole choreography, but it is. It's, of course I did, I'm a dancer. <laughs> It's it's rehearsal, and that is what life is. But how many of us don't even show up to rehearsal? How many of us don't even bother rehearsing because that takes courage, and we're too scared? 
kind of like what we were talking about earlier with this generation where they just don't want to have to face anything and it, it makes me sad like even today i have some people i had to respond to about speaking and i had that like and i was like oh the hell with it you know these are not mm -hmm. i needed to email a producer that we've worked with now and ask him to get me in touch with someone at a very high level that i want to get my book to because she's in it and i did and you know i'm i'm good at framing those things but so that's constant you know for me and it's like anything the more you do it the less yeah. angst it has and and now i'm just like i don't know maybe if it's being over 50 or whatever i'm like i don't I don't care, you know, I was always looking for us comes from having a very codependent set of parents for someone else, you know, we're always someone else will fix it, something else will fix it, someone else will swoop in, uh, some other spirit, like, no, me, myself, and I, so I want something to happen, that's what we call, again, sorry, to, not sorry, to be a broken, you know, um, this human revolution, we call it in SJ Buddhism, that's where the work is. That's how we transform our lives and what we say, change our karma, well, how we transcend things like being able to get over that hump. And I emailed this guy anyway, and um, I have to let someone go today uh, after a very difficult set of circumstances that did not sit well with me. And then again, it's not the right person for this job in my world right now. And I've been putting it off. I don't even know why, because what people think of me is none of my business and they haven't really supported this process how I expected. So, but you do it, you know, and it, concerns me with this generation upcoming that this uh i don't know if entitlement's the right word but we just want to lay back and just not face anything and it makes me sad like this is how we get where we want to be and you know as a business owner as a dancer like i have to try things how many times did i fall flat on my butt in dance class but then I didn't. So, you know, at that point in the in the book, it was literally just trying to get through each moment, each day. We didn't know what was going to happen for for years, and I'm still like now. I'm in a big transition phase, closing out a lot of things. And it's okay. I was home with the cat for Thanksgiving. Great, because I don't want to go somewhere just to go. Mm -hmm. You know, like, this is okay, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I worked out. I can't eat all that crap anyway because I have diabetes and I won't be crippled and fat. So. <laughs> right. But, you know, and just using the whole um, choreography thing, it's like, you are the choreographer of your own life. We all are. Yeah. But how many times do we hand that over 
to other people. Well, especially and, as women too, we're taught. Yeah. And you even touched on, you know, that, that codependency part. And I think that's where it comes in. And even how you mentioned, um, you know, a little bit of the entitlement and stuff. And I think so much of that, you know, because no one's born that way. No one's born entitled. No one's born codependent. No one's, um, you know, traits, yeah. right. And then it's, but we do this to each other. It's almost like we're trying to choreograph everybody else's lives and okay, wait, whoa. Not Come look back. at our own behavior. And then we just blame, blame, blame. And like, right. oh, you know, again, I we're not a victim of circumstance of something. And I've had to take a deep dive look at a lot of things that were not working even recently and be like, all right, something has got to shift because this is not just this road is not it's feared. <laughs> I need right. to veer it back. Right. And Life is always changing, but it's we're still we still have power over ourselves. Mm -hmm. We still have power over our own choices. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, I want to, and I hope I'm not jumping forward, but I want to get to this part because we did touch on like the codependent and things. And this isn't to say that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't expect or depend on other people. I love this part in the book where, because obviously the legal stuff went on for years and you talked about how, you know, the New York City transit system can be so brutal and you had that feeling of, you had to watch what you said, what oh, you did, how you acted, like everything, because it, you didn't want it to be portrayed against you or pitted against you that, oh, she's really not that bad. I mean, you were run over by a bus. But they're known for planting people to try and get you to do things that make it seem like I was warned about this, you know, be very right. careful. <laughs> I love that going through everything, which took years and, and, and tons of time and energy and money and just everything, I love this. Um, when you, um, after everything was set settled and you were on the elevator, and of course you were on the elevator with your lawyer or with Andy, two attorneys, and the lawyer and representative from New York City Transit. Of course that would happen. It's just the way the world works. But the re representative looked at, looked at you squarely in the eyes and said, Miss Jordan, I know you have had a difficult time and I wish you good help. Oh my goodness. And you said the moment fell silent. My prayers had been answered. I had chanted for the humanity of the representatives from New York City Transit to emerge and for them to simply do the right thing. Not only does that speak about your character as a person, but I think it speaks so much more of, you know, at some point, that's all we can do too is hope for, you know, humanity, hope for the right thing and keep that hope alive. And you did and you do. 
Well, I had gotten guidance about that situation. And, you know, we talk here so much about the law of cause and attraction. And, well, Nam-myoho-renge-kyo is the actual law. Like people say, well, I don't believe that. I'm like, well, you don't believe in the law of gravity either. But if you jump out my 20 story window, you're going to hit the ground. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you believe it. If you make a cause, you're going to get an effect. If you eat too much, you're going to gain weight. If you, you know, so it's a simple. So, we all have the capacity to be happy. Every single human, 8 billion of us on the planet, have what we call Buddhahood within us. So I really went on a campaign for like four years because there was nothing I could do. I could not call. I'm a fixer, right? I'm a producer. I couldn't be involved. That was the job of my lawyers, Andy, you know extraordinary human being i mean to this day i was just thinking about him yesterday because of holidays but and when you're chanting like that and activating the actual law of the universal law of attraction the law of nam Kyo, like then it kind of takes the worry out of it you know and again i couldn't have planned that it was very mystic but they're still amazed to this day it was like the third case in their 25 year history that settled like out of court with transit and um so that still works for me i'm still struggling with a situation where i've had to really do a lot of human revolution i'm i'm chanting for all those people because there's so much rage and so much hate and you know where is it getting us where has i mean we're going back to like the beginning of time right the romans <laughs> and i'm reading a lot about that right now because i'm like how do we get here and nothing's changed nothing and can't we all just get along so in that capacity yes um that was quite the moment of like okay this is as much accountability as we're going to be able to take but we will and i love this part too um you never gave up no matter how crazy it got i kept showing up and making a way when i couldn't buy groceries i found food stamps when i lost one place to live i found another when one doctor said we'd have to amputate, I found other doctors willing to try to save my leg. I fought for my life with everything in me. At times when I was so depressed that I couldn't even manage to get out of bed, I just chanted while staring at the ceiling. Eventually, I got myself up and took care of the next task at hand. Um, and then you go on later just saying, sitting at dinner after after the case settled you took yourself out i just like how you wrote i will keep moving i promised myself and i will make good on that promise i will create value i'm still here i'm still leaving my mark on the world making mean, meaningful connections and working harder than ever to create value it's easy to give up that's why so many people do it but it's also why we see so much sadness in the world. When you throw in the towel, it doesn't make any of those disappointments go away. They're still there. 
all you've done is thrown regret into the mix. Oh my goodness, Amy. Did Talk I write about that? Some powerful <laughs> words. I know. Isn't that surprising? Sometimes you're like, I wrote that. Oh, I haven't wow. read that in a while. I'm doing a book signing this weekend. Oh, <laughs> page 115 going into 116. I was just, my blue highlighter was going crazy, but <laughs> I, oh my goodness. It's just, you will create value. And I think so many people could fall in a state of victimhood in in self-pity with every every challenge and difficulty you've had throughout your life and become very angry and resentful and bitter and i'm not saying that oh i i can tell by seeing you that's just not who you are inside so it's been easy for you to stay you know enthusiastic and positive and but I mean, what is it that you feel, um, you know, really from within? Because you can do a lot of good with this and you can touch a lot of people's lives and you have and you you have. There's so many people out there that you can impact. And what is what is the saying? I just love, you know, make make your problems your purpose because you can either make your problems your purpose or you can make your problems, you know, your self-pity or, you know, your own self-destruction and, and everybody else's for that matter. That's what we're seeing, you know, Yeah, especially right now where we are what, in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what do you think? Because I mean, these are not just everyday problems because I think so many of us get stuck in the self-pity victim and, you know, and it's just our everyday problems of it's just normal normal circumstances, you know, we're, we're overworked, we're underpaid, we're, there's a conflict with this person or that, or, you know, I mean, this is broke. This is, you have some really big stuff and this is still your, your attitude. How, you know, how, what's your advice to people? How do you, how do you maintain this mindset? It takes work. You know, I am not really perky by nature to tell you the truth. And I, of course, battle uh, horrible suicidal depression, anxiety. The health stuff gets very frustrating. You know, there's, I still get sad when I see my friends up there dancing on Instagram, you know, like four of them did the Macy's Day Parade and I'm watching their legs move and I'm just like, <sighs> but I write in the book, like I, I got bored with myself. <laughs> I was like, okay, self, is this what it's going to be? Because you're going to have to figure this out, you know, and you know, again, and I keep saying it over and over and over, but it's true for me, having been so ingrained in this philosophy of humanism, and this is ultimately my karma. Uh, on a deeper level, we choose our circumstances so we can transform them. So some of us have crazier things than others, but we all have things, and by transforming them, this is how we change our karma, change or transcend our reality. So I knew that immediately. And that is always what brings me back in the community of the SGIs is there to support through through life. It's been difficult with COVID for everyone. It's, you know, I, I said I did the Tamron Hall show, you know, and I said, uh, 
the release of this film right now is so mystic with all of because we're just so we've lost hope and just what we get in the media is so horrendous and we're getting further and further away from the fact that we have the capacity to create anything but we get so wrapped up in these stories i'm having to change it with myself right now over the single thing which is been a horrible source of pain and suffering <laughs> i hate it you know but okay what do i have to do in my life to turn this around so i'm starting this thing on instagram follow on instagram amy's victory dance um you know the funnest uh, single girl's guide to the funnest holidays ever i'm like you know what this year I'm not gonna go down because so then it becomes like a game to me like all right let's see what we can do with this like I had a great day Thursday did I go to a party no with the with the man and the family no was it here with the cat hanging out West Palm Beach yes um so now it's kind of like all right and I think and you can probably attest to this, each thing that we do, we gain a little bit more confidence. So it's like, okay, I, I've got, I got through all of this. <laughs> and I just get tired of being miserable. So um, it's hard when you have physical things and I'm very grateful that I have extraordinary naturopathic care and I'm, I'm feeling a lot better because when you don't feel well, it's really tough or you're in pain you know the pain is hard um wears you down mm -hmm. so you have to learn you know self-care i've learned to say no i can't do that no i don't like to be out at night because i don't see that well no i can't go to the club no i can't go up and down the stairs it's okay right i love that you said um because i remember i highlighted that in the book too you know, you got bored with yourself. I, I I instantly thought of so many little things. And one thing um, that came into my head is I just feel like how we can complain and, you know, for better words, we bitch. We are. We're a society of complaining bitchers. But it's at some point, if someone, you know, when, someone, when you're around someone that's constantly complaining, you're just enough already. Like, it's shut draining, up. Yeah. yeah, it's so draining. <laughs> and and to look at it from like, it's almost kind of look at yourself from that third person point of view of, I'm bored with it. I'm over it. Stop bitching. Like, I'm done. It, what it, are you going to do about it? Yeah. And you talk in there, and I've said this, I have talked this way to myself too. It's like at some point, you've got to pull up your big girl pants and enough already. Enough. I did do that before the bus when I was struggling to pay the rent at 34, 35 because of the trajectory I had been put on by the codependency and all that karma. But get a job. Like, you're smart. Go put this sick thing down. You have to pay the rent. You live in New York. Everyone in New York has five jobs. Everyone. You just, it's what you do. So I did. And oh my God. Yeah. You stepped up to the plate. I mean, with the real estate and teaching the fitness classes. And, and it wasn't my dream career. 
this is what I also find troubling about these youth. They don't want to, I hate that pay your dues, but your youth is for learning and for working and for figuring things out and for, you know, for working your way up and, and learning. Of course, we don't know how to communicate now because of these damn things, but learning skills and doing things wrong and fixing them and, and that's what creates like a whole competent human. And if you don't have to do that, you just wanna, that's a whole other. No, but I think you, and not that you need to, you know, live a life of trauma and torment. No, not at all. Nothing can happen to us. We, we, we can't sit with discomfort anymore. Um, you know, or it, it's like we need to learn how to, it's not like you're just going to become resilient to everything in this world. It's a daily practice, but it, practicing resilient is some, resilience is something you need to learn. That's a life and, skill. Like you even talk about, yeah, it's a life skill. And I, and I think if we're not taught it, then we don't know how to manage our, our lives and our emotions and everything that happens. And it's just, ah, and it doesn't you know, have to be that way. Right. And, and, and who cares that you, like you said, you know, even like you say with those jobs, I think of my high school jobs or even through college. And there were some I loved. There were some I hated. And guess what that taught me? I know what I like and I know what I don't no, like. I don't like. What I am, what I'd like to do, you know, for the future, not necessarily the, my entire life, but I know what I'm not going to do. <laughs> and you know, you, you, there's nothing wrong with going through hardships. Being a little uncomfortable. Like, you know, that was an amazing experience. It would not have been a lifelong thing. I would have chosen a better way out than getting crushed by a bus. But I did really well. I was like, oh, I have skills. Oh, I'm learning things. Oh, I saw where I went wrong with this situation. Oh, you know. And mm -hmm. I was able to get on a financial stability situation which afforded me to start to make other choices so everything's just handed out and you know i i love working i love creating it makes me sad that i'm seeing that start to wane like that excitement of working and making something happen and having a victory as opposed to just not or having it handed to you or you know mm -hmm. right you know and and two it's i i kept thinking of the word liberating of just say when it's um well i'm going to use kind of go back and forth you know it, it's liberating when you got your license okay well not so liberating when you know your license was taken away or you could no longer drive but it's liberating when you finally get yourself someplace say in a snowstorm <laughs> you know to the um could you call it the trial not the trial yeah, to the, the mediation the mediation was crazy you know i mean things like storm so, yes but but you did it you're the first every one train down Right. And I and it even thought of too, you know, here the taxi drops you off what a block away in a snowstorm and two construction workers see you and help you get there. It's like it, it, that feeling inside of you could have looked at this day. It's impossible. You know, I have limitations. I can't, you know, I have this leg and it's 
in my eyesight and spiral down. But it's, you know, how liberating is it that you got there and as you're getting there, people are showing up to help you. And you get there and how the day turns out, you're the first. I mean, there's just so many liberating things that I feel like we just throw in the towel so early now and it's just, I'm done. Never Sad. works out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It and, doesn't work out because you didn't really put any effort into, you know. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, and it's, you know, and I, I kept thinking of, not that it's in the acronym of dance, but the just the persistence. If there is something that I could, um, you know, smack on your chest, you're persistent and you have grit. And I feel like it's, it's, but it, it's gotten you where you are and you're going to have more bad days. We're all going to have more bad days, but it's those little reminders of, but wait, I have grit and I'm persistent. And look at where that grit and persistence has gotten me. And um, action, you know, you take action, cause and effect. You take action, you get a result. Like, there it is again. So even today, was I nervous about emailing the producer, even though I met him? Like, mm -hmm. but you know what? I want to work with this person. She's not accessible to anyone in the normal world and they have access so i see you know it's easier now on the computer because you can just be like send ding 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 <laughs> it's right. not that you don't feel bad like you talked about courage i got an email you know it's disturbing but again i feel fortunate i'm able to see that some of the response to that situation was not really about me and so I try not to take it personal, but these people are not serving me in this situation anymore. So it comes with age too, but. Right. But even just, I mean, it takes courage to send it out because it was something that, you know, it is a little, you're fearful of action or whatever, but what's worse? think I'm crazy. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? They can't think that unless there's a level of crazy in them, right? I mean, right. When you thought, you like, aren't we all? Aren't we all? But I think your mindset, though, has played such a big role. And I, I don't know if it's right to label it like a healing journey because it's not just getting run over by a bus that you have. <laughs> really had a lot of healing from there's all kinds of things there's just um you know and and it's and i think that with everyone we have you know you go through life and there is just stuff and it accumulates and all of a sudden you know it's like years or decades later you are you know you're a different person because of it and you, you can either be what's the saying better or bitter and it's it's your mindset as you go through life all of these things because just in this world we will have trouble there's 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 problems so you can either see those problems as growth opportunities to live a better life and keep living a better life 
or all of these problems we can just hold on to and it can, you know, suck us down and keep us stuck in this mindset of meh. You know, I, I don't even want to sum it up with with a word for someone. Yeah, that's a good word. It's just meh. <laughs> it's a good word. And don't watch the news. Oh, exactly. I don't even know what's going on. That's no. not true. I do. You know, and the thing but. with that is somehow we were all surviving. Um, I think we were thriving better <laughs> before we were. Um, it's not even news. It's entertainment on all sides. That's a bipartisan problem. It's not even, I saw a brilliant interview with Mike Wallace, Bill, Bill Maher, and talking about Walter Cronkite, who people don't even know who he is anymore, but like the last of the actual journalists, you know, who were very just fact focused and not, but you know, it comes down to the three evil poisons, right? Greed, anger, and stupidity. It's about the ratings. It's about the ad dollars. It's not about. It's so knowing that. But again, we've lost this capacity to critically think, to be curious, to look beyond that, to go searching for non-corporate news, to try and find facts, to, you know, if it doesn't, I have no notifications, none, zero no social on my personal phone if you need me you know how to reach me don't dm me because i'm not gonna get it you know i'm oh good that just reduced my uh, stress then you didn't care that i just texted you when i wanted to interview guys <laughs> i thought about that should i be emailing her i'm like you yeah, know that takes a lot of time hey amy can i interview for the podcast shot that text out good <laughs> it's it's the yeah. it's the real connections right yeah no and i, I think know. we're craving more that the less of it we get you know the more of it we're so information overloaded we can't even you send something out with a date on it that's three weeks away and people are like oh sorry i missed your thing and i'm like it's mm -hmm. three weeks, you know, and it's no one's fault. It's not a judgment. It's just a reflection of the times. We just, your brain can't process that much coming. So I just shut it down, you know. You know, it's funny you say, I just shut it down. I think that's, you know, I, I can't tell you how often I feel like my brain is shut down. And I do, I am completely aware it's, there's so much coming in and there's so much, I mean, there's even times it's like, I've even, gah, I freak out around the house, the microwaves beeping, the washers beeping, you know, the, someone's phone's going off, someone's yelling, mom, mom, someone, <laughs> you know, the, the doorbell's going because it's, it's, it's so much like, but, but why? And then I've, you know, it's like, I've asked myself, like, why does this stuff stress me out? Like, even in the car, my backup camera, you know, it's like, beep, 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 beep. Like, I'm going to run into something that's stop. Like, everybody stop. And it's literally is short circuiting your nervous system. That's a whole other conversation. But you're so physiologically responding to, and I don't know, 
And uh, that's all separate overload. podcasts, but overload. we're on overload. And I, I so and we were just having this conversation prior. I have shut down. Mm-hmm. I've had to shut it down and not out of personal dislike of anything, but just, I was getting so just, it was too much zoom and too much ideas and too much. And I, I was losing scope of who I was and what my thing was. And I had to rein shut close it out and rein it in and just take some we don't know how to be quiet anymore you know mm-hmm. read read actual books actual books not kindle and you know what i am single i am in florida right now let me just sit outside yes yes and that is you know so and let your nervous system recover because I see these people with these notifications, CNN and this and that. And I'm like, why do you, this is why, what value there's, what value is this creating in your day? You know, I was in the elevator in New York with a woman. And I, I go out in the morning in New York without my phone to get a coffee. And who do I need to talk to at 730 in the morning? I know everyone in the neighborhood. I'm two blocks from my building. If something happens, it'll be fine. And the woman was, oh, my God, I can't leave my phone. You know, I feel like I'm missing something. I said, well, are you? And she, like, I love going out without my phone. <laughs> right. But I'm grateful that I, you know, I don't know. It's a bigger. Just rein it in and just be in the moment we, we can't mm. it's a precursor if i'm on a date and you're on the phone then <laughs> get off your fucking phone put it in the back and i'm guilty of it too look i'm not a saint i get caught up in instagram and but then i go oh my god i just wasted 15 minutes of my life for mm. what nothing yes yes there's not a benefit there it's like done 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 amy your book is fabulous. And so dance because you can is I, I grabbed mine on Amazon and I'm Amy, you froze. Mm-mm. This is perfect. So this part, uh, I think, well, I don't know. Ha. There you are. You just want to test my editing skills. Froze. I'm like, yep. see, we you started froze. talking about you technology froze. and you went. Whoop. So no, um, <laughs> I'm going to edit this little part too. So I might have a little pause before we jump back in. So what I will do, you just want to test me out on all this editing stuff, right? Can she cut and splice, right? You froze. I was like, Jamie. Yeah, so did you. I'm like, love it, love it. I'm still on full bars. I don't know why it keeps disconnecting. It's weird. I know. It's, I don't know. So dance because you can. Tell me where people can grab a physical copy or whatever kind of copy 
if you go to amyjordanspeaks.com, everything is there. The movie link, the book link, a whole bunch of cool articles and fun stuff and what's upcoming. And yes, the movie's available on Amazon, Amy's Victory Dance. Please leave a review. Awesome. Yes. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. The movies really taught me that. I had postcards made up and I give them to everyone. Waiters, bus drivers. That's awesome. I'm like, here, watch my movie. Well, I think you're adding value to other people's lives, right? <laughs> and and you did. The book, the book is just such a great reminder of that. So is the movie, just your whole story. And Thank it is. You. It's just, if we have these little things in our head, like a victory dance and... I think we need these little mantras as good reminders as we just go about our days, you know? And I think you're a huge inspiration and a, and a big voice for that. So ask for what you want. You are, but you're also really giving so much. Thank so you, Jane. Definitely. Thank you so much for, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here as we kick off this podcast together. I really appreciate you joining me on this journey because I'm well aware you could be doing or listening to anything right now. Hey, if you enjoy the Authentically Raw content, please support the show by following, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also follow me on social media for daily inspiration. Head over to my website, jamiebarris.com, to sign up for weekly transformation tips. Or if you're interested in coaching, I currently have three openings for one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you're looking for an empowering community, we'd love for you to join us in the Transformation Tribe, our group coaching membership. More info available on my website under the Life Coaching and Membership tabs. One last thing, I'm rooting for you. Be real, be raw, be authentic. <laughs>